Hey listeners, it's Brian. Before the show starts, I just wanted to let you know that you can now chat with us, other horror fans, and fans of the show on our Discord server. I had no idea what Discord was until our awesome listener Blake helped us start a Discord server, and it's kind of like a chat room website or app. That's kind of underselling it, but it's a really easy way to chat with people. We've got a nice little group of people going, and we're just chatting about horror movies, movies in general, etc. It's actually a lot of fun, and the Discord app is really slick. It's a lot more conversational than Facebook or Twitter, and it's easier to use, too. So if you want to join, I've got the link posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages, and I'll try to get it up on our website, too. I'm also going to read it out loud right now like a 70-year-old would do. It's https colon forward slash forward slash discord dot gg forward slash h capital F k capital U capital J 8. So you can just type that into your browser or just find the link on our social media pages and you'll join our little group. So if you really need to talk to somebody about how we felt about today's movie, come on over and join us on Discord. And thanks again to Blake for helping us out. Talk to you later, guys. Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we're talking about May the Devil Take You from 2018. This is an Indonesian film directed and written by Timo Tajanto, starring Chelsea Islan, Ray Sahitapi, Pavita Pierce, and Samo Rafael. I wish I had practiced those pronunciations before this. This movie is about a bankrupt man who sells souls to the devil in exchange for wealth and his family must deal with the consequences. There was some minor buzz around this movie last year, um, but I mostly chose it because I've heard it compared to The Evil Dead, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I came into this with high expectations. Ashwin, had you heard of this, aside from me mentioning it to you? Uh, No, no, I hadn't heard about it before. Um, really interesting to read about the comparisons between this and The Evil Dead. I mean, watching it, that's not where my mind went at all. I mean, did you think it was uh, like in, in a similar area as Evil Dead? Yeah, very much so. Um, is The Evil Dead like about zombies though coming back? Or the, the undead in general? Yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. It, it's not quite zombies. It's like they're possessed by demons. Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, so, yeah, if, they're, if they die, they come back possessed by these demons. Actually, I can't remember in Evil Dead if anyone actually... I think they do die and come back, but I think at first they just become possessed before yeah, dying. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised this didn't remind you of Evil Dead. Yeah, not. I mean, the Evil Dead like doesn't have um, someone making a sacrifice for something. Though I, I guess maybe before the Evil Dead or like in a prequel, maybe someone did. But in that one, they just find a book that brings the dead back, right? Yeah. And this one, I yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a plot point for plot point, but it's mostly the mood and the vibe and the style. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I guess now that I think about it, yeah, you're right. Being being in a house and everything like that makes sense. Yeah. So it's kind of like a splat sticky type thing too, where it's not 
kind of like the the original The Evil Dead. It wasn't outright funny, but it kind of was at the same time just by how outrageous it was. Yeah. Well, would you consider The Evil Dead kind of campy? A little bit, yeah. And and you felt but like this I don't movie? think it's as campy as people have come to remember it as being. I mean, sure. it's low budget, so it's kind of campy in that way. But I think people have put whatever the Evil Dead Two is and what Army of Darkness is retroactively onto Evil the Evil Dead. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Those are very different. Yeah, uh, different I think zones. that stuff was pretty subtle in the original movie. Yeah, are you saying like this movie also had some of the comedic elements, or uh, that th- that the original Evil Dead did? Yeah, I think some like subtle humor. Huh, I must have missed those. I thought this was like a really dark movie, like beginning to end. Yeah, it is dark. I I think the humor, it's not really even laugh-out-loud humor. It's just the outrageousness of some of the scenes. Oh, oh okay. But yeah. w- Which we'll get to. Sure. But here are some things that that reminded me of The Evil Dead. So the, name, the main character's name is Alfie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use some similar logic to how you used uh, in the past to compare Arrival and Annihilation. It <laughs> okay. begins with an A just like Ash and Evil Dead. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but they're both kind of androgynous, androgynous names because Ash's name was Ashley. Oh, yeah. The dude right. in Evil Dead. And mm-hmm. her name's Alfie. Yep. And I think a lot of her acting was very Bruce Campbell inspired. Just like her big bulging eyes and gaping mouth and... I know that's how everybody acts in a horror movie, but just like down to the micro expressions and the body language, mm-hmm. I think it was very similar. I can see that kind of like removed too from like the the from the emotional standpoint. A uh, little bit, yeah. It was less an emotional take and more of a like holy shit type take. Yeah, reactionary kind of thing. Yep. Like I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do kind of the monster cam coming up from the basement, just like they do in The Evil Dead, the monster mm. came coming from out of the woods into the cabin. Yeah. Uh, and they do some overdone sound effects, especially in a scene where he's, like, getting a hammer out of a toolbox. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the hammer, like, unsheathed from the toolbox in, like, all these quick cuts. Oh, Which oh. is very similar to... uh when Bruce Campbell's kind of arming up. And I think that might actually be Evil Dead 2 that that scene is in. Okay. Okay. But, wow, interesting. Yeah, when he puts the uh, the chainsaw on his on his hand and stuff like that, the sound effects are very loud in the mix and the cuts are very quick. It's it's very similarly done. Yeah, wow, fascinating. Yeah, so definitely uh, an influence on this one, huh? Yeah, and I don't think the director is shy about about admitting that. Sure, yeah, that's fair. Um, this, um, this director, he's done uh, a clip from VHS too, right? Yeah. Oh uh, shoot, what was that called? I forgot to write that down. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember either. And I, I don't. Safe I don't, Haven. Do you know? Do you know which one that was? It, it was in VHS too. It was called Safe Haven, and they're like underground in this Indonesian cult. Oh. And I think there's a creepy birth scene. Okay, that sounds familiar. And they're like escaping the cult at the end through like a jungle. Are they trying to? Um, uh, maybe, maybe. I can't oh, okay. quite remember. It's been a long time since I saw that movie. I know, I know. I kind of want to go back and see it now. He also did a, one of this um, short films for ABCs of Death. Oh, okay, okay. Is that was that any good? 
I never saw that. Yeah, I didn't either. And he did one last year called The Night Comes for Us that was kind of an action thriller that I think was really over the top and gory, not unlike this one that got some press last year. Yeah, that one looked like it's been pretty well reviewed too. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, he's, he seems like uh, he's, he's got a good number of films under his belt. And yeah. he, he's gotten some yeah, big accolades. Allegedly, this is the uh, 57th highest grossing film in Indonesia for the past 10 years. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good for him. Or or maybe Indonesian film. The the source was pretty shady on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um this is I, I think it's like the first Indonesian film I've seen. Have you have you seen any other ones? Not that I can recall. I don't think I have. Yeah. I I always love it uh when we, we can see like some of these foreign films. I feel it's like they are so different in the yeah. way they approach it. Even though this one I guess was heavily influenced by a Hollywood film. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was I was really glad to watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, in Evil Dead, uh, w- one of the things that kind of jumped out to me in this one, too, is also every now and then they would use like some throwback, like 50s, 60s, like sunny, bright music. Uh, that, that's not something that we saw in Evil Dead, is it? Um, No, I don't think that happens in the Evil Dead. Oh, okay. I love that in horror movies, so I don't get sick of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure where that was coming from in this one, but it was a really cool effect. Yeah. Um, I'm going to reuse an Ohio connection, buddy. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> this is an Indonesian movie. But I think we talked before about the substitute teacher in Columbus who is convicted of a crime for showing the ABCs of death to a high school class. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. And and he directed one of those skits. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah. The, the premise here is that he sacrificed... Um, he sacrifices children for wealth. Is is that what w- your understanding of it? Yes, I think just his one child and his wife. Oh, okay. That that was the promise he made. Yeah, he yeah. sold their souls. I don't know if he just used their souls as collateral. That was kind of the impression I got. Mm. Like when you go to because they talk about yeah. um, him paying them back. Yeah, yeah. I think the demons or demon says something to that effect. And it could be that he just hasn't paid him back because, spoilers, by the way, are headed, are in the future for you, listener, and they're going to start right now. Um, it could just be that he didn't pay back because Alfie hasn't died, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not totally sure. Some of the logic in this movie was a little confusing to me. Yep. But y- yeah, I, I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a scary movie. I guess you can't look too much into it. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna have different opinions on this movie. Right. I can feel it. I can feel it happening already. You can feel the disagreements brewing. I'm losing you. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's get into it. it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You care if I take a quick break before we do? I think I've got something stuck in my throat or something. Oh no! Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Cool. Okay, man, I'm back. Cool, you get it out of there? Yeah, it turns out it was just this uh, giant strand of black hair. Oh, man, how did that happen? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> there were so many See, scenes. You know, I uh, thought yeah. 
what were you gonna say go ahead oh there, there are just so many I, scenes of like hair coming out of people's mouths so it was kind of hard to watch <laughs> i thought that was very original and just kind of reminded me of evil dead and that it's just this bonkers weird stuff that they don't let up on yeah 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 like all, all the like the gory blood coming out of people's mouths and uh uh, yeah, the the hair coming out of the mouth and everything else is that's pretty over the top. Yeah, one movie I, or one word I've always used to describe Evil Dead is to me it's relentless. Like yeah, it just keeps coming with the gross stuff and the intense stuff and yeah. Uh, I felt this movie really really captured that. That's true. Yeah, it was kind of nonstop, <laughs> just getting grosser yeah. and grosser. Yeah. Okay, well I'm gonna go through the plot. Um, I might get a little fuzzy somewhere in here and need your help, but I'm going to do the best that I can. So we open with this middle-aged man. He's staring. He's in this broken-down house. He's looking pretty shaken, and he's staring at a picture of his, presumably his wife and daughter, when a mysterious woman arrives at the door. And the two of them go down to the basement. They perform some kind of creepy ritual in which he has to eat a strand of her hair. And I think he gives her some hair as well that maybe she eats. Yep. Uh, there's a pentagon on the floor and a goat's head, so there's satanic imagery around. And they make some kind of a deal, and he ends up with tons and tons of cash. We see him, like, flipping through it. And she kind of floats up into the air at that point, too, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think maybe she disappears, or the scene just cuts to the future, or, yeah. or what have you. Um, And... We don't know for sure that this is in the past, but then the opening credits kind of make it seem as such. We see some newspaper clippings that give us some additional background on this guy. Uh, Les Mana is his name. So there's a headline about how he becomes wealthy overnight in the real estate market. Uh, Then there's another headline shortly after about how his wife dies. It's a suspected suicide. He remarries to a woman who also has kids, um, and eventually he goes completely bankrupt. So that that's kind of that was an interesting way to like uh, fill like the whole storyline, uh, just like through newspaper clippings and articles. Did did you like that? I kind of did like that. I, I mean, I don't know how people who are more refined in their taste of movies feel about that, like seeing the backstory literally spelled out yeah. i don't know if that's kind of considered a no-no i know that there's kind of a saying of show and don't tell yeah exactly and that is essentially telling you in the written word yeah i, I thought it was kind of cheap it's like here here's basically a narrative through like newspaper lines of everything that happened since that scene and uh i, I yeah i don't know i, I kind of like it too when it's more like revealed through conversation what happened versus uh actually being shown news articles of it Right, right. Yeah, I personally didn't mind that just because it was, it's kind of a complex backstory and it didn't need to be in the main narrative of the movie, not in this type of movie to me, but yeah, but yeah, I can, I can hear you on that. Okay. So we're at the current time and we meet his biological daughter, Alfie. She's on a commuter train and steals the wallet of some dude who tries to grope her. Which I think, actually, screenwriting-wise, is a nice, efficient way to tell us what we need to know about Alfie. She's mm-hmm. scrappy, she presumably doesn't have a lot of money, and she's kind of getting by on her own. Yeah, that's basically all you need to know. Yeah. Then, I think she gets a phone call. Her dad has fallen ill, and she goes to visit. She hasn't seen him in, like, ten years. 
and her wealthy stepfamily is there. There's essentially the evil stepmom, stepbrother and his girlfriend, a really bratty stepsister, the, both of them. They're all probably like 20 years old-ish, except for the youngest. I think it's actually her half-sister, mm-hmm. uh, Nora, who's probably like eight or nine. Yeah. So she's too young to be a jerk yet, but you can tell Alfie pretty much hates all of them. A lot of friction, a lot of tension. Yeah, yep. And it's implied that they, she thinks that they're kind of money-grubbing and the woman only married Les Mana for his money. Mm-hmm. Um, so while they're at the hospital, Les Mana, the dad, gets out of bed. He's None of the doctors know what's wrong with him. He's covered in boils and looking all gross. And at some point, he gets out of bed and barfs blood onto his stepson's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Just that's, that's pretty, pretty gross. gross and intense. Yeah. And everyone's freaked out, and they all kind of scatter, and then there's a scene where Alfie is alone with him. He's asleep. I think they're both maybe asleep, and she wakes up and sees this ghoulish lady with long fingernails and long black hair creep into the room. And I think she thinks it's a dream... Um, and I think also in this little sleep session, she has a dream insinuating that maybe her mom didn't commit suicide. It was maybe a supernatural force. It's just a flashback of when she was a little girl and she sees her mom just get blown back by some invisible force. Yep. So at some point here, she learns that she's going to inherit the vacation home when her father dies. So she goes out there to check it out, and I think it's kind of as a way to get some closure for her. She's not really interested in the value of it or anything, and she knows it's a wreck. The house is in tatters. So while she's out there, she encounters her stepfamily, who's there to ransack the place for anything of value and try to sell it before Lesmana can die and pass it on to Alfie. Tensions continue to be high there, and things start to go bonkers when they open up the basement door that Lesmana has nailed shut and gone through great lengths to seal up. <laughs> you know, this is an interesting trend because you know, we just talked about La Llorona, and I feel like people are always like locking these doors because I guess that's what keeps spirits in places. Like they can't get past the locked door. Uh, which is, I well, think, and. Sorry. Yeah, it is kind of a, a silly logic. <laughs> yeah. Just don't open the door. <laughs> the spirit's just like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, they locked it, damn it. <laughs> Nails again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's how you trick them. Yeah. So somewhere in here we get a cutback. And things are pretty standard horror movie fare so far. There's been a jump scare or two. But somewhere in here we get a cutback of Les Mana in his hospital room. And he wakes up, and he's clearly in pain or discomfort, and hair starts creeping out of his mouth and wraps itself around his head and is tightening and tightening on his head until his head explodes. Explodes. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty gross. I thought that was pretty bonkers and, and quite creative to me. <laughs> like a <laughs> exploding head from the, uh, the tension. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hair coming out, crawling out of someone's mouth. Yeah. Wrapping itself around their head and squeezing it till it explodes. <laughs> I've never seen that. Yeah, that's a new that's new territory for sure. Yeah, yeah. So he's dead, and the characters don't know it or anything because they're at this vacation house. But we cut back to them, and since they've opened this door, this presence has 
come into the house and the stepmom has now become possessed and is attacking the family. And dude, props to the stunt woman. I don't know if you noticed in this scene when she's like at first possessed and just like freaking out the family and kind of attacking them. Yeah. She climbs onto the dining room table and pulls down the chandelier with all four of her limbs. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty So she, crazy. like, jumps up onto the chandelier and falls down onto her back on the table. Well, I, I just assumed that was, like, CGI. Like, how does someone do that? I don't I, Maybe it was CGI. It looked pretty real to me. Yeah. I, I could see a stump person being able to do it, but it was sure. some, like, very ac- athletic. Some acrobat or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's that pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and this is where it starts to feel pretty Evil Dead-ish to me because the scares are not like, and our other episode we recorded tonight is a perfect example. You get something scary in the shot, loud noise, and the camera cuts away. Yeah. Um, and it kind of then cuts back and forth between the victim and their horrified face and the ghoul. If it goes back to the ghoul at all, a lot of times there's just a quick jump stare, jump scare, and then we're out. Yep. But in this movie and in and The Evil Dead, the camera sticks with whatever is scary. And it just keeps lingering and the camera might get erratic, but stuff just keeps coming at you. It doesn't, like, pop out and go away. Mm-hmm. Which I, I really like. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, the scares kind of stay on screen versus, uh, yeah, kind of uh, pop-out scares or anything or something that just, like, comes and goes. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah. So... Eventually, they get the possessed stepmom out of the house, and Maya, the evil stepsister, somehow ends up outside too. I think maybe her and Alfie go out there looking for her. I think I thought um, they were headed over to like the next town because uh, Maya had been like bit and was bleeding profusely. So I thought they were going to go get help or something. I could I could understand that's what it was. Thank yeah. Yep. Thank you. Okay. This is when I start to some of the plot points start to get blurry for me. Um, <laughs> Which I, then Maya. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, which, I mean, like, as a plot, like, it didn't make a lot of sense, like, why they were splitting up. Like, the four of them are basically stranded in this house, and two of them are now, like, kind of wandering out into the rain to go to the next town while uh, Ruben and, and the youngest one, like, stay in the house. Uh, I don't know, it didn't make sense for them to split up, but they, I don't know. It was hard, hard to explain. Yeah, I mean, Maya was gravely injured and needed help. Yeah. So somebody had to go with her, but it probably didn't make sense for all of them to go out there because they knew that this demon was lurking out there. Sure. But why not, like, call the police at this point? I think the phone either did not exist or was dead. Uh, so Ruben still had better because he still calls uh, his girlfriend, like, for help, like, uh, an hour or something later for some reason. But th- th- then the phone dies. But um, Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's no good reason for that. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I feel like they bring up the police at some point, though. Yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel, there, there was some logic there, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, there, there's, there are holes. Um, eventually, though, Maya ends up killing the mom out in the woods. And then Maya seemingly becomes possessed herself. But kind of in a more subtle way. She's not, like, straight up demon looking Mm -hmm. she's just got this mischievous look on her face and she comes back to the house Alfie somehow has gotten back to the house already I think they had gotten split up Um, yeah they got in a fight like out there okay Alfie and Maya Mm -hmm. 
So Maya's coming back to the house and she sees that Ruben's girlfriend has arrived and she's waiting in the car. And she just goes nuts on her and kills her with this hammer. Not as a demon, just as kind of an evil human. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell with Maya, like, is she possessed or she's just like gone crazy or what's going on with her? Yeah, I feel like it was a low-level possession, but I'm not totally sure. <laughs> Low-grade possession, yeah. Yeah, that's my diagnosis. <laughs> so then Maya comes back into the house, and I think they're alternating between maybe seeing the um, the woman who is like the essential demon that Les Manas sold the souls to and dealing with Maya, who seems to want to kill all of them now. And Maya has found voodoo dolls of all the siblings. And so she, there's a sequence where she breaks Ruben's arm and then is, I think, both his legs. Yeah. Uh, and this is getting pretty intense. And then she rips off his head via the doll. That was wild. His head, like, goes flying in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty bonkers. Yeah. Um, and I'm... I'm struggling to remember some of the specific kills, but this movie has been very gory and violent and blood squirty outy so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from what I remember, do you, is that accurate? Oh God, yeah, pretty graphic. Yep. <laughs> um. So there's eventually a face off between Alfie and Maya, and Alfie finally bests her by getting a hold of. Maya's voodoo doll, the voodoo doll that represents Maya and throws it into a fire and Maya burns. And I think somewhere in there too, Alfie digs up the woman's body, the original ghoul who's been buried in the basement and opens up her stomach and pulls out the hair that she swallowed. <laughs> yeah, because I think she has that premonition that uh, her dad killed that woman and buried her there. But before she died, she, like, swallowed that hair. And I guess that's maybe what was keeping her alive or keeping her spirit going. And so she feels, I don't know, somehow it comes to her that she's got to get in there and get that hair out of her. Yeah, that's where it gets a little confusing to me. Like, was that Alfie's hair and her mom's hair? And how how is it that nobody had killed Alfie yet? Like, they killed his the mom because he wasn't able to repay his debts? Yeah. Um, so the, the logic is is blurry. Right. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything is vanquished, and Alfie and her little half-sister Nora are the only two who have survived. And they emerge into daylight at the end of the movie, having yeah. neutralized the threats. Um, and I feel like this is also a bit of an homage to the end of The Evil Dead, like emerging into the <laughs> sunlight after all that bonkers shit went down. Yeah, and Alfie's pretty messed up, right? Cause she's been, her legs have been broken and everything. I feel like she's, yeah, yeah, she's she's really been through the ringer. Yeah, wobbling out of there. Yeah. Um, oh, and at some point there's a flashback in there where Alfie remembers that it was a demon that killed her mom. Oh, yeah. The demon, like, knocked her out the window and Alfie was holding onto her mom's arm to try to hold her up and, yeah. and she slips. And that's why we didn't mention it, but throughout the whole movie, Alfie's got these scars on her arm and you don't know what they are and it turns out that it's her mom's fingernails digging in as she's trying to hold on for dear life as this demon's trying to yeah knock her off this out the window of this tall building yeah yeah that was a rough scene yeah. um do you do you remember the scene also in, in here where um she's i think she like a few times she'd like kind of daydream or like see visions of her mother 
and uh, what this this really gross scene where it's like her mother oh. talking to her, and she just like starts ripping her face off. Yeah, that was nuts, man. It was pretty gnarly. Yeah, it was just like the, yeah, the mom and everything looked nice, and just as she remembered her mom, and then her mom tears her own face off. Yeah, God, I've never seen anything like that. But I mean, to, to your point earlier, like yeah, it's like you keep thinking the camera's gonna like pull away or. You know, it's going to, like, cut to the next scene or something, but it just stays on it when you watch it happen. I was trying to describe the sensation of this movie to my wife and the sensation of the Evil Dead for for me. And I think it's, like, the equivalent of when you tickle a kid. (laughs) They're, like, loving it, but, like, it's too much and they want it to stop. And then they ask for more and it's too much and they want it to stop. (laughs) And I think that's the way these scares are. Like something comes at you and you're like, oh, and you expect some relief, but then it just keeps coming. Yeah. Okay. That's too much. Yeah. And then it becomes so bonkers and over the top that you're like, okay, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like the last 45 minutes, hour, it just like, yeah, it keeps amping up and up and it doesn't let off at all. Yeah. It's, there are very few, uh moments of relief of the tension in that in that last 45 minutes or so yeah which is an interesting exercise because i I think a lot of other movies do that like to um you know like they 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 peak and then they come down a little bit so they can peak again and then they come down a bit and you know try to relax and keep you going up and down but uh i I don't know it's really interesting to see a movie that doesn't really do that and just like keeps going up and up or or, like keeping it like really tense um it's just it's it's hard it's kind of hard to watch but it keeps you like going i guess yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, so what did you think of this movie? You know, it's really interesting uh, to hear compared to Evil Dead because, uh, you know, at first, I, I mean, I, I think the story isn't like that strong. Like you have these characters that you're not really bought into or, or like very much. They all kind of hate each other. Um, there's like some semblance of like a friendship between one of the uh, half siblings or whatever. Uh, but otherwise, like they're all kind of against each other. And then like they kind of just start getting knocked off by this evil demon. So, uh, whereas like an evil dead, I feel like when they go out into the woods, there's a good amount of time where like, you know, the characters like each other and you're kind of getting along with them and liking them. Um, like, so I, I don't know. It's when you talk about it in the context of evil dead, I kind of appreciate it a little bit more if that's like what they were going for and trying to recreate and I can kind of, uh, see the, the value in it there. But then I also feel like the characters are kind of like what drives evil dead. And do you think the characters aligned with, uh, that of the evil dead and the relationships? No, I don't think the relationships were at all similar to Evil Dead, but I actually don't know that I felt... Well, maybe it kind of did. I felt like some of the characters in the Evil Dead were a little thin, actually. Yeah. But I actually liked the the characters and the emotional backstory with Alfie. Like, that she felt like her dad completely betrayed her, and she hates her family. And yeah, I, I could see what you're saying. Like, there, it's hard to find things to like, but I think that her and Ruben connecting helped with that, which we didn't really mention in the, yeah. I didn't really mention in the plot run through Ruben kind of approaches her and he's like, Hey, you know, I know it's hard. My mom and my sister are not always the best, but like, I just want us to get along. Yeah, true. I, I appreciated that. It kind of like humanized her a bit more. Cause up until that point, she's like very standoffish. She's just like very angry and upset. And uh, it, it yeah, was nice to have surly. that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it was, it was nice to have them uh, have that chemistry. I thought the the scares and the effects, like they were, those were all like pretty top notch. Yeah, and I do think a, a good chunk of this movie um, was practical effects. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's impressive. I'm sure there was some CGI because some of the things just probably weren't even possible. But like the levitating women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, one of the I feel like imagery wise, this movie nailed it. Like there's that scene where they're like trapped in the house and they see like the steam in on on the window, and you just see its shadow with like long nails. Uh, there were like some really spooky Im- images like throughout the film, which are pretty. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a scary movie. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but you felt like bought into the characters. I did. Yeah, I I, I really was uh, all in with Alfie and Ruben. I liked Ruben a lot. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad to see him go. Yeah, I even liked Maya. I I didn't love her character, but I thought when she was possessed or whatever she was, she was creepy yeah she was just very menacing yeah yeah she got pretty wild (laughs) like no makeup or over the topness she was just like mean yeah yeah she was um and uh i think there was some cool stuff where they showed was that like a bull's head or something uh like like a demon with like a bull's head on it yeah or a goat's head maybe uh yeah maybe a goat yeah that was i I thought that was a pretty scary visual too yeah the closet and there was a wide variety of scares. Uh, I saw one review call it like a kitchen sink approach, and I could totally get that. Like there were jump scares. Yeah. There were different kinds of like spooky demons and ghosts type things. Yeah. And then there was the over-the-top gore and the relentlessness of a enemy who just keeps approaching. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, like Maya, who was not quite possessed and just evil. Right, yeah. Yeah, those It was a uh, it really diversified the, its scare portfolio. It did. Yeah, I, I like that about it. It made it really unpredictable. Yeah. Um I I think the biggest challenge for me like outside of, you know, I wasn't crazy about the characters. I also feel like the plots like I didn't really understand what the father and maybe this is purposeful, but what the father had committed to in that deal he made in the beginning and like how he defaulted on the deal and like why everything was happening. And then just like how she figured out at the end that, you know, how to kill the ghost or escape it. I, I, I couldn't follow a lot of the logic in it, but, um, I, did, did you feel that way at all? You know, I totally agree with you on that. This movie had so many things that I liked that, and I've said this before, like I'll pick that apart in a lot of movies and, and that is something that bugs me a lot of the times, but there was so much that I loved about this movie that I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't. But yeah, I was confused. I I don't. I still don't understand the logic of what he owed. Yeah. Like, did he need to pay the money back, or did he know that Alfie and his wife could die? Yeah. Or would die. Yeah. Was that and, the plan? It was a little unclear to me. Yeah. Right. And how did he go bankrupt? Was it truly of his own accord, or was it? I don't know. Yeah. Right. Some some questions, and even like Alfie, the first time she uh, sees the ghost, she's in the hospital, and I, I couldn't tell if this was this a dream. I guess it must have been a dream, uh, where she's attacked in the hospital by the ghost. But at that point, the ghost would have still been locked in that basement, right? Yeah, I I don't know why the ghost. I don't know why she hadn't been killed yet, or why she wasn't killed there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like plotline uh, wasn't very strong, but scare wise, uh, they did a really good job, and imagery wise, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, I think the the overall plot I liked of like, hey, this guy is dying, and there's these estranged family members, and there's tension there. Yeah, like I liked the emotional plot, but the mechanics of the setup and, and that that part of the plot where. He, 
the selling of the soul and who owed who to what. Yeah. That did get confusing and, and didn't make sense. Yeah, they didn't go into the terms and conditions of that alone or whatever. I would have liked to have seen a contract in that opening sequence with the news <laughs> clippings. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get in the fine prints here and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, they hold a magnifying glass up to it. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't pay by this date, <laughs> this is much all right. Uh yeah yeah but I, I, yeah outside of that I I think you're right it's, it's pretty cool though overall cool all right well uh, zero to five swallowed strands of hair that explode your head oh man <laughs> that hair stuff was tough to watch man that's just hard hard to see uh you know it's interesting I I think coming into this I I, I was kind of low I was maybe gonna give it a two or so but I think talking it through hearing about some of the comparisons to Evil Dead. I would, I would bump it up to like a, a three and a half or so. Uh, what about you? I could basically hear in the beginning of the episode that I had enthusiasm and you were a little bit surprised. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> You're talking the same movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what would you give uh, it? I give it a five, man. Whoa. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you serious? I loved, I loved the energy of this movie. Ah, uh, the energy, like, well, um, wait, what, what do you mean? Like, what, what energy? That like relentlessness that we've been talking about this whole damn time. <laughs> but even the relentless, the, like, like the I, I mean, stuff I, doesn't stop. It just like keeps coming at you. Sure, yeah. But I, I, I feel like the beginning was like really slow though. Like, it takes, uh, I don't know, like an hour, hour fifteen minutes before like the the scares start ratcheting up. So it's it's like a sprint. Or like I don't know, maybe how much of the ending was scary? I guess. Half hour? 40 minutes. Um, I mean, I think it, there's a solid hour of scariness, but it really ramps up for the last half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And it's it, a longish, longish movie, too. I think it was an hour and 50. Yeah, yeah, it's almost two hours or so. For a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm forgetting, but yeah, Mary, it's like so many different rooms where like stuff's going on. There's a scene where like the youngest girl's like on a bed that's like going up and down. So I, I, I see what you're saying, like they threw a bunch of stuff into it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, there was stuff throughout and I honestly, I think we felt differently too about the characters and, yeah, and, uh, the setup. Like I was, I was on board right away. And I also went into this movie knowing that it was very reminiscent of the evil dead. So I think I was just sitting there knowing <laughs> shit's going to get crazy. <laughs> evil dead time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that may have made it easier for me to wait it out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But the Evil Dead's like that too. It's pretty slow at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, damn, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad he likes it so much. That's that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, the Evil Dead was one of those movies that I liked horror movies as a kid, and then I kind of fell off a little bit in high school and college, and then rediscovered them as an adult. Um, mm-hmm. And one night on Netflix. I got the back when they were doing the DVD plan. I guess they still do, but I got Suspiria and The Evil Dead on DVD, and I watched both of those and was like, "Well, I'm into this. <laughs> this is my thing now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's part of it too. Like The Evil Dead was kind of formative for me. Sure. And this recaptured how I felt when I saw that movie. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. More than any other movie has for me since then. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen The Evil Dead, but I just assumed, or like what I remember of it, I just remember like being kind of a more of a fun 
watch because like the characters made it like they, they were campier characters and more like thin or like typical teenagers like throwaway characters where this one it just felt like a little heavier and, and darker and um that, that's why I, I didn't draw the comparison immediately to evil dead that, yeah that's interesting are you watching did you ever see oh go ahead you saw the new evil dead right the right, new oh, 2013 the remake yeah i saw that one yeah i think we might have even seen that one together in the theater yeah maybe and that one was really dark Pretty. Yeah, that did a similar thing. To me, it captured that manic energy and the relentlessness, yeah. but didn't, wasn't nearly as light and fun. Sure, as the original. Uh, this one, to me, was somewhere in between. It wasn't as dark as 2013 Evil Dead. Sure. And speaking of the Evil Dead, have you seen the Netflix show? I have not seen that. I, horror shows just don't... <laughs> it's not that they don't appeal to me, but I just... Yeah. Shows that are not sitcoms i'm always hesitant to start sure yeah <laughs> yeah have you seen it uh i've seen a few episodes it was actually it's it pretty fun and like uh i feel like it captured a lot of the energy of um uh, maybe evil dead 2 and, and 3 where he's just like out there like killing ghosts and demons and stuff more like action based yeah. but entertaining right, right yeah i'm sure one of these days i'll get around to watching it yeah yeah cool all right, man. You have anything else on this movie? No, that's all I got. All right. Cool. Well, that's all for our discussion on May the Devil Take You, listeners. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That helps other people find our show and makes us feel good as well. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on our website, horrormovieclub.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and we always announce what movie we're going to cover next week on Facebook and Twitter, so you can check that out. Uh, another way to get in touch with us is to email us at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart. Check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you want to get rich quick, instead of selling the souls of your loved ones to the devil, just sell your own soul, you dick. <laughs>